Welcome to another podcast of the Word of God. Today, we are celebrating the most important week, the most important day of the church season, and that is Easter week. We are celebrating the resurrection of Christ on Sunday, and throughout the week, there are some outstanding scriptures that support the resurrection, and we will kick off with different scriptures that are quite famous from the Old Testament followed by the book of Acts. Now the book of Acts is important. We'll look at chapters 2, 3, and 4 because we will see when we get to Pentecost, which is 50 days from Easter Day, we'll be celebrating the coming of the Holy Spirit that Jesus predicted in John chapter 20. Now why are we reading that in Easter? Because there's quite a few scriptures in Acts 2, 3, and 4 that talk about the resurrection. Okay? And then we will look at the Gospel, John 14, 15, and 16. Now, those are not necessarily resurrection. They are actually scriptures that are given to us before Jesus is turned in in John 18, and he dies in chapter 19. But they are wonderful scriptures uh, in chapter 14, 15, and 16, quite famous about the coming of the Spirit, uh, as, we, as I just referenced in Acts chapter 2, 3, and 4, the coming of the Spirit, and what Jesus is going to do. So, this is an exciting week. Uh, as you prayerfully prepare yourself for the resurrection, of course, in Holy Week, we were penitent. We were uh, reflective about Jesus coming to die for us. Obviously, on Good Friday is a very important day in preparation for that. And then on Saturday, we celebrated the burial. And we're just waiting then. Some people in disbelief or have lost all hope. And then, of course, on Sunday morning, we have Easter Day and we have the resurrection. And then throughout that week, we are looking at the scriptures in the daily lectionary that give us joy, they give us hope, give us peace. So we're really turning the tables quite dramatically from Holy Week to Easter Week. All right, on Easter Day, the Psalms, by the way, are very exuberant. Uh, We have on Easter Day Psalm 148, 149, and 150. There are 150 Psalms in the Psalter. And uh, Psalm 113, 114, and 118 would be for evening prayer. But they're very exciting, very uh, jubilant. So jubilance, joy, Um, celebration, that is what Easter is all about. Now, interestingly, we start in the Old Testament with Exodus chapter 12. If you go to Exodus chapter 12, you should probably have that text marked in your Bible as a very important chapter in the Bible because he's now talking about the Passover. Remember, Jesus goes up for Passover And after Passover is over, remember in the upper room, he shares with his disciples in Passover. He goes out, he goes to Gethsemane, he prays, and then he meets Judas with a band of soldiers, and he's turned in, and you know the rest of the story. We celebrated that last week. We also have Isaiah 51, and then John chapter 1, 1 to 18. Now, that's an interesting scripture to have for the prologue, um, and for Easter week, which is the prologue. And that is John's magnificent first 18 verses that talk about Jesus 
being pre-existent Son of God, and then the one that is going to save us. There's no references there um, uh, specifically about his uh, death. Let's look at that scripture. Turn to John chapter 1, 1 to 18. We've referred to the prologue before about his being God, his being in the beginning, his being the true light that gives light to everyone in the world, verse 9. Uh, he talks about the word being flesh and dwelling among us, about John, his cousin, bearing witness to him. From all of his fullness, verse 16, we received grace upon grace. The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father, Son, side has made him known. So we don't have any references to the resurrection, but we have this extraordinary panoramic view of his divinity, how magnificent he is, how large he is. So that's an interesting scripture to have, and I commend it to your reading. We also have on Easter Day, uh, John 24, 30, 13 to 35, which is the road to Emmaus, and John 20, look at John 20, 19 to 23, 19 to 23, which is his appearance to the disciples. Jesus' appearance to the disciples. He shows them his hand and his side, and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. So on Easter Day, we have much jubilation. We're very excited. He's risen from the dead, and we have these wonderful uh, three scriptures from the gospel that you could read, and the Exodus, which talks about the Passover, which we celebrated last week. On Monday, we're looking at Jonah chapter 2 in the Old Testament. Now remember, Jonah was sent by God to minister to the people of Nineveh for the purpose of the people of Nineveh being saved. And Jonah did not like that idea because Jonah wanted to run in the other way. And so he did. And then the Lord swallowed him up uh, with a whale, spit him out, and so he had to go to the people of Nineveh. In this wonderful text in chapter 2, verses 1 through 9, he prays to the Lord from the belly of the fish. And it's a beautiful poetic prayer about his life and it's about his relationship with the Lord. On Tuesday, we look at Isaiah chapter 30. So we don't have a consistent book that we're looking at in Easter week for the Old Testament readings uh, on, my, on Tuesday, we go to Isaiah chapter 30. So please look at that. Isaiah chapter 30, verses 18 to 21. Again, one of the things that I really like about the daily lectionary, it takes you through the Bible pretty well. And it takes you seasonally through the Bible pretty well. And that's really important. Chapter 30, verse 18, the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. How perfect that is for Easter week. The grace has been given. We are gracious. Uh, God's extending his graciousness to us, his grace to us. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. Okay. And on Wednesday, we go to Micah chapter 7. So, again, this is a good way to learn the different... Um, books of the Bible. Micah is a minor prophet. Isaiah is a major prophet. Remember, there are four major prophets. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Now, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel are quite long. 
Daniel's only 12 chapters. And then we have the minor prophets from Hosea to Malachi. This is in Micah chapter 7, 7 to 15. Verse 7, as for me, I will look to the Lord. That's a wise thing to do in life. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Okay? My God will hear me. Verse 11. A day for the building of your walls, and that day the boundaries shall be far extended. The earth will be desolate because of its inhabitants, verse 13, for the fruit of its deeds. Shepherd your people with your staff, verse 14, the flock of your inheritance, who dwell alone in a forest in the midst of a garden land. Verse 15, last verse, as in the days when you came out of the land of Egypt, I will show them marvelous things. So we have resurrection. We have God being gracious, God being merciful, God being uh, one that we rejoice in, and we are going to watch God do great things. We're going to watch God repair. We're going to watch God restore. We're going to watch God vindicate himself. Then we go to Daniel, uh, Ezekiel chapter 37. This is the valley of the dry bones, Ezekiel 37. the Valley of the Dry Bones, and it is about resurrection. It's one of the more famous prophecies in the Old Testament about resurrection. Verse 1, the hand of the Lord was upon me, brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. It was full of bones. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, Only Lord God you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones. And say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. So what's going to happen is God's going to take these dry bones, these dead bones, and he is going to bring sinews and flesh and breath, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So it's God that raises up, it's God that heals us, it's God that saves us, it's God that gives us eternal salvation. If you have not, are not familiar with Ezekiel chapter 37 on Thursday, you will enjoy that very, very much. Now on Friday, we're looking at Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 through 4 and 13. Daniel chapter 12, I mentioned earlier that Daniel is 12 chapters at that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who is charged of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble, this is verse 1 and 2, such as never been since there was a nation since that time. But at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting content. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above. So you don't want to be... Uh, with everlasting contempt, you want to have everlasting life. You want to shine like the brightness of the sky above. You want to turn to righteousness. You want to follow the Lord. You want to do what he says. Again, we're in Easter week now, and we are celebrating what God is doing by saving us, by resurrecting our dead bones and putting flesh on them, and by causing him and calling us to live for him encouraging us to live for God. Back to Isaiah 25. Back to Isaiah 25, 
verses 1 through 9. O Lord your God, I will exalt you, I will praise your name. You have done wonderful things, plans formed of old, faithful and sure. So again, the prophets are glorifying God. We see that in Jonah, we see that in, in Isaiah. We see that in Ezekiel. We see how God has delivered his people and has set them free and now is doing a new thing. In the book of Acts, we find the coming of the Spirit in Acts chapter 2. And now what's going to happen is they're going to testify and witness to the fact that Jesus has been raised from the dead. Now, it's the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Holy Trinity, Jesus being the second person, God the Father being the first person. In chapter 2, we find the Holy Spirit coming upon them that are gathered in the upper room, and then Peter's sermon at Pentecost beginning at verse 14. Very, 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 very famous verse, his preaching. And what we see in Acts chapter 2 is him testifying to the fact that Christ has been raised from the dead and that the Holy Spirit has raised him and that you are witnesses of this. And so now we see a new Peter. We see a Peter that's been invigorated by the coming of Jesus. He has met Jesus. He has seen Jesus. He has been filled with the Holy Spirit and now he's testifying to what God is doing. We see that also in Acts chapter 3. On Wednesday, when we look at Peter and John going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, in verse 1, and a man lame from birth was being carried, and they say, silver and gold we do not have, but what we give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, verse 6. So now, Peter is not only preaching outstanding sermons, and at the end of chapter 2, Many people are saved. Many people are saved. Over 3,000. Now he's praying for people and they are healed. So God is doing something quite magnificent with his people, with his resurrection. So it's not like Jesus just was resurrected from the dead and then that's all that happened. Now the disciples and the people that love Jesus and are called to Christ are going to be doing great things for the kingdom of God. Now we see in Acts chapter 4, I quote one of my favorite verses, where they appear before uh, the leaders. Let's look at that. As they were speaking to the people, the, the priests and the captain of the people and the Sadducees came upon them greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. So they were witnessing. What were the leaders thinking about? Well, they were very upset. Now, they could not find the body, they could not locate him, but they were very upset that they were teaching this message. Many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. That's in verse 4. So they gathered in Jerusalem, and they started talking about this. And they asked and questioned Peter, by what power or by what name did you do this? Verse 7. Then Peter said, rulers of the people, if you are be, we're being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man by, which, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, that's a lot of guts to say that, whom you crucified, whom God has raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. The reason this man is walking is Jesus, 
has resurrected. He's alive. This Jesus is the stone you, that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. Jesus is now the centerpiece of what God is doing. And then finally, verse 12, there's salvation in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. He is our salvation. In essence, he is the Messiah. He demonstrated that by his great sermon at Pentecost and by his healing of the man born, with, born uh, lame, that was lame, and he was able to walk after they prayed for him. By the power of Jesus, Peter and John have no power of themselves. And they continue to witness to what Jesus is doing in Acts chapter 4. So Acts 2, 3, and 4 is what happened after Jesus was resurrected and quite frankly, after he ascended, the Spirit comes down on them and they begin to minister. In the Gospel of John, we find three of the great chapters of the entire Bible. Chapter 14, chapter 15, and chapter 16. Chapter 14, we spend a couple of days, Monday and Tuesday. Chapter 15, Wednesday and Thursday. And chapter 16, Friday and Saturday. What I will say to you is that you want to take your time and read it slowly. You want to meditate upon it. You want to know that he has not died yet, as you know, because that begins in chapter 18 and 19. He dies in 19. He's crucified. But he is sharing with us who he is. And there's this wonderfully long dialogue that John gives us in chapters 14, 15, and 16. And next week, when we review second Easter, or the second Sunday of Easter, we'll look at chapter 17. But there's much reference to the Holy Spirit. There's much reference to God being with them, the helper. There's much reference to our relationship with Christ in chapter 15. There's reference to us loving one another uh, and how the world will treat us. Again, in 16, he finally goes through the work of the Holy Spirit and he comforts them by saying that he is going to be with them forever. I hope and pray that you have a fabulous Easter week, that you read these scriptures slowly. They're very beautiful in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and you might want to read some of the Psalms. They're very joyful as compared to Holy Week, more penitential in Holy Week, very joyful, very celebratory. So we will now be on a journey for the next seven weeks as we look at Easter and its ramifications and the scriptures associated with it before the coming of the Holy Spirit and Pentecost. God bless you.